And you're welcome to Racing Only Better as we look ahead to the weekend. For us of us fortunate to be in Ireland, it is Irish Derby weekend. For those of you not, well, Sherlock, sure we'll still mark your car. We've got Newcastle, Newmarket as well to come across the weekend in the company of Mr. I'm Just Back for a Run. It's Kevin Blake. Hello. No, I'm going to go for a run after I finish talking to you fellas. Ah, that's very the, good. That's, very the, that's good. the intention, whether it happens or not. Excellent. Work off the frustration of trying to rat- rationale and reason with Tony <laughs> Calvin and Dan Barber by going for a run. I love it. I love a TC. <laughs> I'll, I'll be getting an Uber to get a kebab very shortly. <laughs> <laughs> I might see <laughs> you on the way there, Kev. Will you at least run? To, will you at least run from your house to the Uber? Will you at least promise us you'll do that? No. No. Dan Barber, <laughs> how are you? Running around like a lunatic. I'm good. Yeah, lovely gig last night. We're watching my beloved Red Hot Chili Peppers at Old Trafford Cricket Ground. It was a good day. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Brilliant. Actually, they're playing Dublin soon. Um, I might go and see them there. It was good, yeah? Work on Yeah, I had a spare ticket. You might say I couldn't give it away now, but I did eventually get rid. All oh, right. Okay. I might just give do it away, that. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. Thank you. Thank you. I got you, Dan. I got you, mate. It was a song reference. So, yeah. As the last gig I went to was Wham in the Lyceum in 1985. I better sit this one out. No, you thought you were S Club 7 a few times in the 90s. <laughs> oh, I, was, I was all over George Michael uh, getting a shuttlecock out of his pants and chuck it in the crowd. Oh, <laughs> I, tried to, I tried to catch it with my teeth, but yeah. <laughs> it's not right. That's enough of our music reminiscing, gentlemen. Let's get stuck into the racing, if music. we can. Newcastle <laughs> um, is our first port of call. We've got a money-back special as well in our opening race here. It's 150 on the card. It's a six-furlong handicap. Money-back as a free bet. If your horse fails to place, check out the terms and conditions on the show description. But strike red for Richard Fahey is your four-to-one favourite. It's wide open here. Uh, 12 runners in total. Rolf Rembrandt, in uh, honour of the famous... Artiste at five to one. If you dare, seven to one alongside Tipperary Tiger oh. at seven to one and at 15 to two. Bar Kev, are you tipping the Tipperary Tiger or something else for you in our opener at Newcastle? No, no, the, the name resonates, but no, we won't go, we won't go with him this time. Um, I'm going to go with Sir Titus for Michael Dodd's um, third run for him. Um, now, just poses a small question mark about him at the six furlongs, um, whether he quite gets it or not, but I'd say he's ready to have a go. Um, some bits of his form for the back end of last season read particularly well, um, especially when he was beaten and naked Nottingham by a horse called Russell, who was running off a mark of um, 86, and now he's 106 or 108 or something like that. Um, he, he was really improving. He kept improving after that. Um, and he switched from Brian Smart to Michael Dodds. Very good first run from a red car, just got touched off. And I'd say they might have just ran him back too quick five days later. At York, he didn't run badly or anything, but he just didn't build on it uh, as might have been expected. Um, so they've freshened him up since he's drawn high. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the track is playing. Like generally, high summer, all weather tracks, um, especially the ta- ta- tapita as well. Like it, it does kind of break down a bit. The wax melts a bit and it gets a bit heavier. And um, pace tends to hold up well. You, you don't want to be stuck back in the kickback. So he's a forward goer. Um, and sure, look, the, the main question would be would he quite get home? But I, I think he might be holding on well enough to uh, be stuck at the finish, hopefully. Lovely. Plenty down the bottom of the market, Tony, that you might uh, be so inclined to tip up here. How do you see this race? Uh, rather boringly, I think Strike Red is a, a fair price at four to one. Oh, really? Okay. I think he's got everything going for him. He's two out of three at the track. Uh, the defeat was a fourth in a really hot maiden um, a few years back. Uh, just touched off last time, so he, he was back to form. Go back to his Ascot run last season, just got touched off off this mark. Got everything in its favour. 
Uh, and if he blows out, is this, some, is this the uh, money back as a free bet special? If he's not placed? Yes, money back if your horse fails to place. Yeah, um, yeah. with that full back there, uh, I think he's four to one. I think he's a, I think he's a very fair price. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, okay, good stuff. That, double the price. Maybe be proud. Very similar profile. Back to form last time. Loads of course form. But yeah, I'm, I'm drawn towards the top of the market here. Lovely. Okay, so strike red for Tony Calvin at four to one. For yourself, Dan? I think be proud's bound to run well. I don't think he'll... There's two, actually, who surprised me in their prices when I first checked the first sports book. Sound reason was one, because I thought he did well to win at Haydock after he missed the break and they looked like they mm. got away from him. He's got to prove himself at six, I suppose, but you'd be fairly hopeful the way he saw his race like that day. But mainly be proud. I just think he's really solid each way. Um, multiple winner at this place down the years. Likes a well-run six furlongs, which is what he'll get. Held his form really well last season, taking in Sunday series races and the like. And that was his best run for a while at air. And I think getting to getting back to Newcastle and back to six furlongs is is the final the final two pieces of the puzzle. Excellent. Okay, good stuff, gentlemen. That's our opening race done. It's the money back special once again. If you didn't hear me, money back is a free bet. If your horse fails to place terms and conditions in the show description, the 225 is the chip chase stakes here, and it's over six furlongs. Group three, um, sense of duty is your seven to four well backed favorite for William Haggis and Tom Markhand. A spy catcher four to one. You've got Edrak in there at six to one, alongside Glenn Shield for Archie Watson, and it's seven to one bar. Uh, Tony Calvin. So um, a couple of old favourites in here, including Mondemej uh, coming back. Happy Power runs as well at 10 to 1. Um, where is your money going? We've got a short price fav. Yeah, I'm going to go from, from the obvious to the ridiculous here. Um, okay. uh, <coughs> Anaf at 50 to 1 really, really interests me. Yeah, now, that's weird. I was about to say that. Because I, I had to double check that, and I'm still not convinced Mick Appleby's uh, entered this horse correctly. I mean, this horse... Would have probably been in favour for the for the handicap a half hour earlier, and he was in that race in the season. I think he was the anti post favourite for that. Um, but he's rocked up here in a Group Three rate ninety five, and I'm I just can't work it out why. Um, anyway, I I do think he's shaped a lot. I'd have I'd have been all over him in the handicap, by the way, obviously. But he's um, he's got really good course form. Um, again, very similar uh, to Strike Ready. He's two from three at the track. A really good fourth to El Caballo. Um, on his other, on his only defeat here, uh, and he shaped a, a whole lot better than than the finishing position suggests. At, at Goodwood and at York last time at York, he was drawn on the far side, made a big run, and it petered out a bit. I think he's a lot better than that. Why they're running here off not, uh, when he's rated ninety five and the handicap, like I said, he had a winning chance here. I'm not so sure, but he's drawn eleven or twelve. I think he gets a decent draw for the first time this season. He's very lightly raced. Yeah, I can see him running into a place. I think 50 to 1 with the sports book will go. Uh, I can see him being a 20, 25 to 1 poke. He clearly needs to improve, but he has got okay. a race profile. And he does. And you're in, you're in agreement, Dan. I could just see the case. I mean, it's interesting. He's running. I'm not, it looks like he has got a lot to find, but he's, he's in his first season of racing. The fact he was able to win on his debut for Mick Appleby, his first ever run, was a notable thing. That's not one of Appleby's MOs, is it? His horses tend to improve. So I can definitely see that, but... Uh, Tony said from the, the obvious to the ridiculous, I am with the obvious here. I think this is the market told you everything you need to know last time at Haydock about sense of duty. They couldn't get enough on her against established horses that were better treated than her on form. And how well has that race worked out? She saw a Flotus in a close finish. Flotus came out and finished third in 
a group one, wasn't it, last week at Royal Ascot? And the third horse has won since as well. So nice form boost, going the right way. That's the thing, I think, with a lot mm. of these. We know where we stand with them, or they're already engaging reverse. Like Ebro, Ebro River doesn't look to have trained on, for instance, necessarily. So I thought this favourite was going to take a fair bit of beating. She's getting three pounds from the rest. I think she'll be contesting higher than group three later in the year. And she's been well-backed, Kevin Blake. Hard to oppose. Yeah, and I'm with her as well. Um, really like that performance at the Haydock. Um, she still looked a little bit um, raw and green to me under pressure, but she was just getting on top of Flota's close home. Um, I'd say she'd come on again. Um, and yeah, I thought she'd be the one to beat. Excellent. Okay, gents, let's move on to the uh, 255 on the card. It is the Northumberland Vaz, five places on the Betfair Sportsbook here. Uh, Zealandia or Zealandia as your six to one uh, favorite for Ian Williams. Evaluation 13 to two. You've got Mellow Magic at seven to one. Reverend Hubert, there's two oh. juxtaposition names for you at 10 to one. Alongside Jeremy at 10 to one. Ravens are at 10s and it's 12 to one bar. Right. It's, uh, it's something that could happen, Hugh. It's something that could happen. Like you'll just, you just, you your, your behavior like, will just escalate and escalate until you have a, a fine Jesus moment and you end up getting ordained as a minister or something. He's going to do the reverse Barney <laughs> Curling. He's going to start off with <laughs> a whipper, right? And end up as a. <laughs> the, the only way that could possibly happen is the scene from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest where your man is lobotomized and they put a collar on me and send me to church. It's the only way that can happen. Right, Dan, give us the winner of the What are we going to have to tip, tip up Reverend Hubert? Go on. Uh, I'd love to. I didn't make me chuckle that. Um, <laughs> this is obviously the consolation race for the Northumberland play. I text Niall Hannity in the week, actually, because he's, he's mates with Keith Alglish, and I said his evaluation going for the plate. And he he was pretty confident he wouldn't get in, and the presence of Trushan has meant that he can. He's rated eighty nine. The bottom weight in the plate itself is off ninety, so he nearly made it. Mm. But this is just a very very progressive horse. He's extremely well bred, as we know. He's out of estimate and Ascot Gold Cup winner. I don't know why he didn't do more for Sir Michael Stout, but he's done plenty four from four since joining Keith Dalgleish. He's extremely progressive. He's got a style that keeps him ahead of the handicapper as well. He's he's sort of not too exuberant but he travels really well and then doesn't do a great deal once he gets to the front so I like him and as I was going to back him at 16s for the plate till Niall informed me he didn't think he'd get in I'm obliged to back him for for this weaker race and I'm gonna have not a mad one but there's a horse at the complete opposite end of the weights Winford who I'll be backing as well now I know he's an old I don't want to say quirk bag I don't want to <laughs> say pig I'll say he's he's a hard ride anyway Takes ages a to warm up. Yeah, he misses mm. the break. Takes yeah, ages to warm up. He definitely is. But what he wants is strong pace, big field, and pick up the pieces late on. And with the extra places, I thought he was a likely candidate for that. As long as they go hard, he'll be finishing as well as any, I think. And Safi Osborne's pretty good on these hold-up passes. I thought it was interesting that she was riding. Excellent. 33 to 1, five places on the sports book. Kev, how do you see this? I'm with the top one. Um... To, to pile on the misery for the poor old queen who, who dispersed them for 30 grand in October and has now watched them win four in a row. Um, to me, yeah. he looks he looks like he could boot on again. Um, like you go down through these, like in a fair few of them are kind of exposed. And you're like, yeah, you know, you're a grand horse, but I, I, is there much juice in your mark? Whereas with this fella, um, I don't know if we've reached the ceiling yet. He kind of had to overcome some trouble in running last time. Um, stays very well. Like he, he's just... Seems well equipped for this. You know, I know his turf form, it's been on the turf that he's really pushed forward, but 
Um, you know, at the time he ran in the all weather, there was there was nothing wrong with that. You know, it was as good a runs as he was producing at the time. So um, he should be fine on the surface, hopefully. And um, yeah, mm-hmm. evaluation. Excellent. I'm do, do Maui out of estimate, if you didn't pick up on that uh, estimate, who obviously gave the Queen one of her great days at Royal Ascot. Yeah, very good. I, uh, I've backed him a couple of times. Um, haven't been told to keep an eye on him this season by a friend of mine, Tony Calvin. Last word to you. Uh, yeah, I'll back two in here. Um, I think the best bet in the race by a mile is fair start at 20 to 1 each way uh, with a sportsbook playing five places. Best price around. I think he's a better 14s onwards. He's relatively likely raised for a six-year-old um, in, in good form. Uh, he's unexposed at the trip. Only time he's run over the trip, he was a good third over two miles at Lingfield in April on all-weather finals day, although he was at New, uh, Newcastle this season. Uh, had a two-month break. Shaped really well again over a mile six at York last time. Got pestered on his outside by the eventual winner who got disqualified afterwards. So I think you can mark that run up off the same mark here. I think Fair Star, um, owned by a, a real shrewd cookie, um, Cormio's um, owner. So, yeah, I, I definitely can see him. And I'm just going to chuck a few quid win only on that old rogue um, smart champion uh, on, a, on a real losing streak. But I think 14s is fair. Um Again, he's he's gonna he's drawn 17, they're gonna drop him out again. But perversely, his best run for a while has been when he just touched off at Southern when they went from the front. But from 17, mm. they'll drop him in. He's one of his best runs is over course and distance. That in fact, that was his last win back in February 2020, and uh, that was a strong handicap as well. So uh fair star each way, 20 to 1. Again, a better 14s onwards, and smart champion win only 14s, or maybe a touch bigger on the exchange. Smart champion, win only each way, fair star, five places, and evaluation strong from the two gents with a nod from Dan to Winford. Okay, good stuff, lads. That's one well and truly covered. The 3.30 is the Northumberland plate, five places once again in the sports book here. Uh, Rajinsky for Hugo Palmer is your five to one favourite at the time of recording. The aforementioned Trushan for Alan King, 11 to two, one smooth operator, 13 to two. He got Valley Ford, 13 to two, and it's nine to one bar, Kevin Blake. Uh, nice open race here. Trushan will have um, supporters, obviously, but where have you come down? I have come down about two stone and two pounds down the weights, all the way down <laughs> to Solent Gateway, Solent Gateway. Pronounce it how you like, lads. I think he might yeah. just win. Um, mm-hmm. Hugo Palmer, four-year-old. Um, he was kind of seen as a bit of a plot for the Chester Cup. Um, he had a very eye-catching run at Epsom. Um the, the first run back this season, having kind of, you know, he, he was unexposed over two miles. He'd won a ch- over two miles of Chester the previous year. It looked a lovely run, um, but the Chester Cup just went horrifically wrong, really. Um, pulled like the proverbial Mustang and gave himself no chance, really. He was upsides another one called Morph Speed, who, who I fancied on the day. And the two of them just literally had a pulling match upsides each other. They were banging into each other and reefing and... It was just a yeah, rough watch, if you like, either of them. Um, mm. So he went back to Epsom then last time, mile and a half, and we're watching back. He kind of was dropped in, settled much better. He was sneaking away, sneaking in, and I don't know how many furlongs out it was, maybe two and a half out. You're kind of saying to yourself, oi, oi, here he comes. Here, Here's the headway. This horse is going to go close. And he got absolutely, they may as well have took out a shotgun and left fly. He got murdered. Mm. Okay. Um, and that and that was game over. He got shuffled all the way back, and, and that was game. He's beaten seventeen legs, but he got he got properly murdered. Really did. Um, so that's a right off run. Handicappers dropped him a pound, and um, 
back up in trip with a low enough draw, which is crucial because he's a free goer. He just needs to be absolutely buried in cover and um, and look to make late headway. Um, yeah, I think he's interesting. I, I didn't like him for the Chester Cup just because he was seen as a plot horse with a short enough price. He's a much, much, much bigger price here. So he's um, more the type of price that I'm happy to take a chance on. Excellent. 20 to 1 at the time of recording, which is Thursday evening. Tony Calvin, I struggled to sleep last night and I pulled up your anti-post column uh, and I nodded off within about 10 seconds. But Rainbow, I managed to catch Rainbow Dreamer just before I hit the land of odds. Rainbow Dreamer is your tip for this. Can you explain to people why? Hopefully in a little bit more um, enthusiastic banner. <laughs> Before he was 20 to 1 and he was about 20 points too big for you, so he nodded off. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just my normal MO, right or wrong in these handicaps. It's one of these one of these oldies that the handicappers just dropped him for no apparent reason to a mark of 98. Now, there was nothing wrong with his run uh, his fifth last time. Um, that was back in April. Uh, I, I don't think he got the run of the race there. I think he was a bit disadvantaged by raid, racing towards the middle of the track. The first four home were all inside of him near a stand rail. He was dropped to a four pound to mark a 98 from that. He was, you know, he, he was in the high, high 100s when he was fifth in this race a couple of years ago. Um, blew out last year, but he actually got wiped out of the start. And my old mate Jim Crowley just couldn't get him into the race thereafter. Um, the one thing I was worried about, I hadn't seen him since April, but when the decks come through today, we found out the reason for that because he's had a he's had a wind up in the interim, which I'm not sold is a positive given he's a nine year old and it's the first one he's had, but I'm taking it as a positive. And he and he off off small breaks, he's got a really good record of a mark of 98 given his course form, given his course pedigree. Um, I think he's still the best bet in the race at 14 to one each way, five places. So, rainbow dream. Lovely. Excellent. Okay, still 14 to 1, uh, as you mentioned, five places with the sports book. Dan, uh, last word to you. On the plate, please. Uh, I do love Rajinsky as a horse, but he could have had a better draw in 16, couldn't he? And he's a prominent racer. He might have to use quite a bit up to get prominent early. The one I'm most surprised at his odds is Summer Night, the ho- Summer's Night, the horse of Samark Prescott. I know Prescott hasn't been firing on all cylinders so far this season, uh, and this horse is one of the ones who did underperform, but I'd be amazed if they were that bothered first time back in a smaller race when they presumably had the Northumberland plate in mind from the start. He's He climbed the ranks last season. He's bred to go on again. He's got from a stable who horses tend to get better with age because they just progress through the handicap ranks. I thought he, in a much better draw of five compared to Rajinsky's 16, was the way I'll be playing this. And I'll probably back him each way. Excellent. Okay, good stuff, gentlemen. That's uh, Newcastle done. We're on to Newmarket with the big news. We'll talk about more in detail on Monday on Wade In is the fact that El Dottori is not going to be riding for uh, John and Dady Gosden. As I said, we'll get stuck into that maybe on Monday's Wade In show. But the three races to preview, the 205 is the Empress Philly Stakes. And it's over six furlongs here. Minnetonka is your nine to four favourite to Richard Hannon. Uh, Malrisha at seven to two. Lazoo uh, for Mr. Beckett at nine to two and at seven to one bar. Tony Calvin, um, which of these fillies strikes your fancy? Yeah, he well, might be crying, but I think Frankie might be might be winning this race with Lazoo. Um, there's been a money. Uh, uh, there's been any money in this race today? It's been for Lazoo. Opened up at sevens of the sports book into eleven to two, into nine to two, uh, and you can just see why he was. Uh, she was very impressive um, first time up Bath. I know she was getting six pounds from a winner. Uh, but yeah, I mean that that horse came into there on the back of a good sand down win. She did really well to pick him up. 
extra further with suit. Stable won the race a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, Lazoo was the most interesting, but I think the price has ebbed away a bit. If there is a there is a uh, maybe a bet in the race, maybe each way Mercier at twelves. Uh, very got the reverse profile of Lazoo. Very experienced, very progressive. Um, good win last time under a six pound penalty. Uh, yeah, so for me, Lazoo is going to play the top of the market, but at the mm-hmm. current prices, Mercier at twelve to one it would make more appeal. Yeah, money for Lazoo sevens into nine to two. Uh, Kevin. Phillies race, who do you like? Yeah, Lazoo was nice first time, but looked plenty kind of raw and green and overcame it to win, obviously, but just might be a little bit vulnerable stepping into Seg's company second time, I thought. Not in terms of ability, just know-how. Um, so I was favouring um, Mini Tonka, if that's the, the right way to pronounce it, mm-hmm. and Richard Hannon. In contrast with Lazoo, like she really did know her job first time, and she was very impressive. She's got a super pedigree. And um, like she quickened the way in the in the in the style of quite a smart one, um, on debut one very very easy one a long way, and I'd say she'll be a nice straightforward ride here. We jump out, make the run, and sit handy. And, Excellent. Um, yeah, I think she might take a bit of whacking. Mini Tonka, Mini Tonka sounds like Barber's porn nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Mini Tonka, Mini Tonka. It's like your assessment. <laughs> Too far. Two forty, the Fred Archer Stakes. Um, Danny, can kick us off here. Uh, it's a mile and a half listed contest. Rebels, Romancers are seven to four favorite. Kamari for Charlie Appleby, top two in the market at ten to three, uh, with James Doyle taking the ride. Universal Order ten to three. Stole seven to two, and something enticing twelve to one to complete the short field. Danny. Yes, just take that. Bing, bingo. Um, I'm with a horse who. What didn't? Coming for one of Frankie's finest at uh, Ascot in Stowell. Um, a horse who, in that very competitive cop horse handicap won by Get Shirty, made, I thought, the most impressive move in the race. It was that sweep down the outside where he went from towards the rear to looking like he might win. He went threes on him running on Betfair. And if anything, apart from the sweeping move he made, maybe the trip was an issue as well. His better form has been at a mile and a half. So I thought in a tactical race, I mean, not for a second am I saying Havlin's an uplift on Frankie. It's obviously not true, but um, Havlin might be the man to benefit from the fact that there seems to have been some cooling of the relationship. Yes, indeed. Stowell then, 7-2 to two for Dan uh, Barber. For yourself, Kev? Yeah, I'm with Stowell as well. Um, he's, oh. a horse I, he's a horse I like. Um, as Dan says, like that that was... It, it probably wasn't one of Frank. It was Frankie was on a run at the time of Pat Rice, and that was one of them. Um and yeah, like I, I think coming back in trip will, will do no harm. Um, he's he's always been a talented horse, and um, Rab Havlin, of course, knows this horse. He uh, he rode him on debut, and that was a very <laughs> that was a very controversial contest. <laughs> he got he got a good tune out of him that day, probably a bigger a better tune than that. Than all involved <laughs> oh, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> so it won't be, it won't be his first rodeo on uh, on Stole, but uh, this will be a happy happier experience for Rab, I suspect. Um, so I yes. think it, look, this could get a bit messy, but I think Stowell is um, is well equipped if it does, and yeah, hopefully he'll go and win. What chance? What chance? The hat trick, Tony Calvin. Yeah, yeah, the horse I most like. It's not a race I'm going to ever bet him. Uh, there okay. was a bit of nine to two knock around Stowell early. I think that went. You can see why. Yeah, it was. I it did. I didn't appreciate what a moderate ride it was. It was there, but it might not have been all his fault, as Dan said, because I think. Coming back in trip will will definitely suit him from from a mile six in the copper horse. But yeah, the way he's shaped there, obviously the quick turnaround rules apply. But yeah, if Stoll's in that kind of form over a shorter trip with a more patient ride, 
then yeah, uh, probably my idea of the most likely winner. But seven to two, I can let him win. I know Apple's a bit of genius and he's got Buicks on this, but why is that seven to four? Run terribly twice out in Maidan where it was previously had lots of form and hasn't been seen since fair, but that looks like it will drift to me. Yeah. Just, have, okay. just have an interesting quote here. I know this, this might be all irrelevant by the time the podcast goes out, but I just found an interesting quote from Peter Burl that manages Frankie the Tory uh, within a story about him not riding for, for Gosden and Newmarket. And the quote is, we're in the dark and searching for answer, answers like everybody else, which is a kind of a funny quote, isn't it? Passive aggressive. Mm, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, okay. it's interesting. Interesting Gosden, situation. Gosden's 70 year old plus. He's a Richard Croesus. He'll do what he wants. And mm. frankly, he'll just have to lump it when he's something. Mean, obviously, they've had a massive fallout, but yeah. we'll see. Okay, we shall see. Uh, 3.15. Last one at Newmarket before we talk about the diary is the Criterion Stakes, Group 3, uh, over seven furlongs. Lane Cash or Lane Cash at 15 to 8 for Roger Varian. Sunray Major for the aforementioned Gosden's at 15 to 8. Pogo 5 to 1, ever given 8s, and it's 10 to 1. A bar. Uh, right, Kevin Blake, have you got a, a strong opinion on this? No, I don't, but I'll okay. be keeping an eye on base player. Um, you know, still will be, excuse me, will be very inexperienced relative to these. Yeah. Might be a tough ask for him to go and win, but I, I really like the step forward he took for first start the second last time. Like, geez, they didn't have to throw him in the deep end now in, in Epsom, like a tricky track for a second start. And he, he acquitted himself really well. Like, fit, um, like he was just green, just green all over the shop. And um, this course and distance will suit him better now, but he's in against older opposition. It might be tough for him, but I like him. Keep an eye on him. Okay, lovely. Keep an eye on base player. Flea, isn't it? The relative it is, yeah. Up there, Flea. Flea. He Good was stuff. in fine form last night. Um, Tony Calvin, your pick, please. Uh, for the have a it will be base player. Uh, oh, I, there we go. I really liked his run last time uh, at Epsom. I thought he was going to win coming down the inside. Showed a really good turn of foot. Just tapered off a little bit, but... Yeah, I thought it was a huge run second time up. He actually traded at just at just over 11 to 10 in running there, which shows you kind of like what a promising run it was. If he comes forward again, uh, he's got to have a big chance. And Tom Clover's last four horses, we're recording this on Thursday evening, just after five. Tom Clover's last four horses have all won. Granted, one was two to 11 and the other was two to five, but he's had a 12 to one winner in there. So if you're looking at course form, they don't get any hotter than Tommy Clover. Clover That's indeed. Tough. Two for Flea. Good man. Blood, sugar, baby, sex, magic. Go on, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Flea is the bass player for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's why bass player Flea concert last night. Angel Joining the dots. Joining the dots. On uh, lead, lead uh, vocals. Who? Uh, <laughs> I've already said he cooked days. Green, green pepper, red pepper. Yeah. I'm going to mention one horse who's another throwback as well, really, because Pogo used to entertain kids, I'm sure, bouncing around those when you were a kid. Oh, and he, really? got, he got an 11 out of 10 ride, I thought, at Haydock. What a brilliant ride that was. Got everything out of him. If you'd have run that race another 10 times, you might not have won it. But the niggle is, and the thing that makes this race so difficult, is the only pace again. So he could mm. get another soft lead and he could come across to that rail that's favoured. But taken in the round, as it stood, I thought Lane Cash, who I put up that day, should have won. And as a result, with a tentative vote, I'd, I'll stick with him. I think uh, he's I had there. ever given down as a uh, a possible... Uh, yeah, I thought that. He made all at Chester, but I just guessed that was because it was Chester and he had a lower draw. What else are you going to do with him? And I, the, He's also trying a new trip, isn't he? It's one thing trying it, making it at six. They might want to ride him a bit more patient than I was. For people of my age, if you say Pogo to them, they think of Pogo Patterson, uh, Pogo Patterson from Grange Hill. 
Yeah, our, our demographic, a... Pogo Patterson. There you go. That's an old one for you as well. My God, Ainsley Harriet, Pogo Patterson. My God, rewind the clocks, baby. Rewind the clocks. Okay, that's new market done. Let's go to Curra. It's Dubai, duty-free Irish Derby weekend. Um, two races we're going to talk about on Saturday, and then we're done. Uh, the Derby, first of all, to kick things off. And the big news this week was that Aidan O'Brien was supplementing Tuesday for this race, and she is the 11 to 8 favorite. There's a fellow who runs the Aiden O'Brien fans website thing on Twitter, Aiden O'Brien fans site, or whatever the hell it's called. And he said on Monday, There's absolutely no chance that Tuesday is going to run in the Derby, you ticks. And lo and behold, she was supplemented. So clearly, a man has absolutely no clue what's going on in Ballydoy whatsoever. <laughs> However, Tuesday is 11 to 8 favorite, and Westover at 7 to 4 for Mr. Beckett, with Colin Keane taking the ride here. Slightly controversially, or maybe not. He knows the Curra, but does he know the horse? Hannibal Barca, 8 to 1. Lionel at uh, 9 to 1. And Pisbadil as well, 9 to 1. And it's 33 bar. Right. Take us off, please. Tony Calvin, the Irish Derby. Who wins the race? First off, it's a dead eight. And I'm, I'm told that you guys, it's, it's currently good on the, maybe on the quick side, but I'm told a shitload of rain's coming. So that could uh, muddy the waters a little bit. Um, Literally, yeah. No, I've got no real opinion at the top of the market. Tuesday shading, um, the the Rafe Beckett horse probably makes sense to me given the form going into the race. I was um, I was quite taken by um, Kev's horse uh, Hannibal Barker uh, last time. You know he's not really bred. I know he's related to a mile six winner down the line, but all, you know most of his relatives are seven furlong a mile horses. But I thought he was really impressive over a mile two. Uh, first run since joining uh, from Brian Meehan, who. He actually ran a, a real good race when fourth in the Verton. If he does stay uh, going out from a mile two and, you know, I mean, the jury's out, you know, stepping up in grade as well as stepping up in trip. Uh, a horse that, that likely race was in, so impressive last time, albeit he, he wiped out Bandless Ocean coming through. Yeah, I thought there was, if there was some betting without the front two, uh, yeah, Hannibal Barker would, mm. uh, would be very interesting to be. I mean, like I said, we've got the dead eight here. So, again, as with Broome at Royal Ascot, when it cut up to seven runners, you may want to wait until you've got the each-way market up and running on the Petro Exchange and play there. But Hannibal Barker each way, with that each-way proviso on the exchange, um, yeah, it interests me. I'd be interested to see what, um, if that's a positive from Kev, because the yard is in, 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 in unstoppable form at the moment. It's an interesting one from Mr. Beckett on, on Westover. You're, 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 you're jocking off a jockey who knows the horse for a jockey who knows the course. And I, I, I don't know which... Does that suggest he puts more premium on the intricacies of the current? I don't know. You can judge for what you will. Dan, what do you? Who's your tip, please? Um, I, I did really like how West overshaped, and I do think uh, this track should, with a longish home straight, as long as they go a pace, should play to his strengths a bit more than Epsom did. Where he, I don't think he was unlucky. I think Desert Crown's a slight cut above him. He's just a classier horse, but he would have finished clear second had he got out earlier. Um, but as these three places on offer. And as this rain forecast, given Tuesday had a hard enough race at Epsom, I think I'd stick up Lionel at the prices each way. He'll be played late by Jamie. He's I put him up the day he was a non-runner a couple of months ago, didn't I, at Newbury. And then lo and behold, he comes out and wins at Goodwood next time. He just made a very promising start. And he came from that Newbury maiden that I really like. And I think Kev likes it as well. The Godolphin horses were in, in the field. And one of those has gone on to much better things. So, yeah. Fairly windy as usual, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I'm with Lionel each way. Okay, Kev, um, Glory Days is obviously going here again after um, probably not running as well as you'd hoped in the Epsom Derby. Uh, Donnick O'Brien 
said, look, forget about Pizbadil's one of Epson last time out. That's not his true form. Go back before that. Leopard sent first, second, and then first in Killarney. Um, so he's better for that. Is he overpriced at nine to one? Yeah, I'd say they're both the two that you mentioned are probably overpriced too. Tricky race. And look, I'm, I'm yeah. reluctant to commit until we see how much rain we get because it will change the character of the race if it does hammer down and like they're expecting up to 20 mils. Um, looking at it, it's probably going to be, you know, streaky. They could either get it all or they could get a limited amount. So I'm inclined to wait and see. But the glory days, I'd be happy enough to forgive Epsom. Like he just, he's a big horse. It was a chancy thing to run him at Epsom. I tipped him in the hope that the rain would come. It didn't really come. Um, and he was just kind of getting lost there from a long way out. So the curl will suit him a lot better. So I wouldn't give up on him if, if the dead eight holds up and we get a bit of rain. And um, you definitely have worse um, kind of place only, you know, each way bets than him. Um, Piz Badil, you know, Dunnick is very adamant. Uh, and Frankie, I believe, was adamant that the track just wasn't right for him, didn't suit him. Yeah. Um, the form of Buckaroo stands up well, like he's a good tough coat that should stay. So I wouldn't like to give up on him. Hannibal Barca, um, like the question mark to me would be, I wouldn't mind if there was rain. But it would put extra emphasis on salmon, and the salmon is a bigger concern for me. And he'll just need to relax. Um, Shane will need to be good on him. He was very good in them first time because he's not a straightforward ride because he can just get that bit free. And he's stepping up in trip here. Um, so it, it'll be a challenge for Shane, but he's he's brilliant in this type of horse. So it's mm-hmm. more hope than confidence, really. But the fact that Joseph's running them, you take it as a positive because whenever he does kind of um, this isn't a wacky thing I suppose he has some group one form in the book but he could easily have shot a lot lower than this the fact that he's shooting high he's normally not far off the mark in fairness to him so um, yeah I'm, I'm talking myself around in circles you because I don't have a big opinion until we see how much rain falls okay well I mean the fact that Gavin Ryan is back on Pismodil is a plus as well given that uh, Frankie Dettori is now on the scrap heap right lads the railway <laughs> stakes Kev 305 just quickly talk to us about the um, juveniles here the two year olds Blackbeard is a 15 to 8 favourite um, the old double Blackbeard Tuesday might be tempting for a few. Crispy Cat, uh, eleven to four. Shartash for Johnny Murta, three to one. Age of Kings. That sounds two. like something that Sean Connery would say at me when he Shartash. was trying to insult my height. Shartash. <laughs> Shartash. 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 Look at that. Shartash. Yeah, horrible race for really you because the, 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 the nicest ones in it, you know, have all been to ask it. And it's a tough enough yeah. ask, like backing up in kind of 10, 11 days, nine days in Crispy Cat's case. Um, Shartash uh, was Shartash. You know, beat Age of Kings, who, who was green enough. Um, you know, but, uh, but the fact that he's coming here fresh just veers me in that direction, but it's not a big view. Okay, Dan, last word to you. Do you have a view on the railway? Um, apart from that pithy joke, no. Um, well, the thing, Crispy Cat, oh, extra furlong and rain softened ground. He's just harder, isn't it? As Kev says, the three of them on quick turnarounds, and Age yeah. of Kings has suddenly got a tongue tie on a nasty race for me, informative, but, but and nasty. a poor race, a poor race versus this time last year as well. I mean, remember, we were making a case for half a dozen last year, but um. Including um, Native Trail, who come over and blitzed everyone, if my memory serves me correct. Yeah. Uh, right. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't totally forget about Apache Outlaw. Like, he's going to be a big price, but I definitely think he's better than we've seen so far. Like, he's, okay. he, he's, he's pacey, and he's kind of got to the front too early in his last two starts. And, like, he, he did his best to kind of throw it away last time. I, I, like, he might be quirky, but I think it's just greenness. And a race like this, now Declan will be able to ride him stone, cold, and creep. And he might Lovely. just surprise now at a bigger price. Excellent. I will make a note of that. Gentlemen, that's us done and dusted. Uh, all that remains is 
to get your naps. A reminder, the money back special is in the 150 at Newcastle. The six furlong handicap money back is a free bet if your horse fails to place terms and conditions in the show description. Right. Let's have a look at check in at the naps after Royal Ascot because uh, the table's all changed. Uh, Kevin Blake, minus three, seven. Tony Calvin into the positive, plus seven. I am plus one, six, two. And Dan Barber, plus three, one, five. Look oh. at the legend storming away at the top of the table. We're going to try and reel him in. Kevin Blake, give us a nap, please. Solent Gateway, win and Solent Gateway. 20 to 1, nicely done. Uh, Tony Calvin, your nap, please. Uh, may have put you to sleep earlier on, but I hope he puts, <laughs> I hope he puts the bookmakers to bed. Rainbow Dreamer, win and place. Oh. Rainbow Dreamer, win and place. I am going with evaluation in the Vaz, the 255 at Newcastle, win only 13 to 2, evaluation in the Northumberland Vaz. Dan Barber. Well, I'm not strong on much, but I'm going to go for the Vars as well. And as you've taken evaluation, I'll put up Winford, win and place at a massive price. Okay, that's about a lot for this weekend. Enjoy racing wherever you're going, Ireland or in the UK. Money back special on the 150 uh, at Newcastle as a free bet if your horse fails to place. And um, my thanks to the lads. Enjoy the weekend. We're back and waiting on Monday. Hopefully, Vanessa's back on Monday because we do miss her at the odd time. Until then, talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs>